What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Actors with Issues. I am your host, Juan Ayala. Today's guest is actor, singer, dancer, and filmmaker, Roman Zaragoza, who recently worked on the CBS pilot Ghosts, ABC's Stumptown, and theatrical productions across the country. Roman, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, happy to have you on. So looking at your IMDb credits and all of that, it looks like you got started rather early, or at least maybe a little earlier than than some folks do in the sort of TV world. Um, so what can you say about, you know, booking TV work and whatnot, um, you know, as a teenager, unless you were just maybe younger than you uh, looked. <laughs> no, <laughs> I... Uh... Portraying a teenager on TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I, I started really early. I uh, mm. my, my dad is an actor and my whole family were art performers. And mm. so my first... Actually, we decided having this conversation with my mom the other day is my first modeling gig, I was six months old. So wow. my family very much <laughs> threw me into the industry and uh, my... You know, when I was three years old, my dad was playing Chief Sitting Bull in Annie Get Your Gun on Broadway. Mm-hmm. So I grew up around that um, atmosphere and I fell in love with it early. And I grew up in New York City until I was 11. And so, you know, mostly going out for um, Broadway shows, things like that, playing little mm-hmm. kids in, in their shows, but uh, never really fully booked it. And then I went to a move, my family moved to LA when I was 11 and um, really just got thrown into the tv film world and just auditioning Mm -hmm. for a lot of disney channel stuff and doing that whole thing and and uh yeah i booked a a pilot when i was 13 and uh for nickelodeon was called everyday kid it didn't get picked up but uh you know it it, it was it it was interesting being thrown into that at at, at an early age uh Mm -hmm. i definitely learned how to audition uh early on you know especially for some big rooms and and, uh, you know, very, a, a lot of panic attacks and, and, and crying, you know, at an early age of, I didn't do it. I messed up, you know, that, that <laughs> whole thing. Um, so, you know, at least I got a, a lot of that out of the way at yeah. a young age, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of a little gist of that. Gosh, it's, uh, it's funny. We don't, a lot of us don't, uh, experience that sort of level of rejection, uh, until we're out of school and, uh, yeah, getting good at auditioning that early is geez, what a, yeah, what a good honest, thing to have. <laughs> I, I still have some like clear memories of, uh, I went out for young Tarzan for Tarzan, the musical, uh, mm-hmm. a lot. I, I went in there for maybe three different, three different, uh, times and gotten called back, you know, six times. And, and I remember this one time I went in and it was in this humongous like dance studio and like 10 of the, uh, 10 people were there, director, writers, uh, the producers, everybody, and then the pianist and, and, oh my God, I was, I was 10 years old and all by myself. And I had to go up to the, uh, the, the pianist and tell him where we're starting and this. And I was like, wow, looking back, I'm like, that's pretty impressive. I'm really proud of myself. That's, <laughs> you know, just to even go into that room and do that. Cause I feel like I'd be nervous to do that now. So yeah, pretty crazy. Jeez. So what was it like, um, you know, the, when you were younger, did you see a difference in like the markets going from New York to LA or what was that sort of maybe definitely, passing by at that young? Um, no, definitely. You know, early on, I didn't really go out for TV and film much. Um, mm-hmm. If anything, it was like for Law and Order or Third Watch back in the day mm-hmm. um, versus when we moved to LA, you know, I was so much Disney stuff. It was like so much Disney, Nickelodeon, all that, I, I, you know, throughout middle school and high school, that's what I was going out for a lot. And, mm-hmm. and then I got to work on Austin and Alley for a couple of seasons, which was really fun. Um, 
And so, uh, you know, mostly that kind of stuff uh, when I moved out here, especially as a kid actor. Um, but, you know, it, it, there's just so much more. There's so much more TV and film here. Of course, it's mm-hmm. changed a lot and New York has really blown up. Um, but yeah, that was a big thing. And, and the theater was was seldom here, which was difficult for me. And uh, because I love theater, I love theater. And so I did, you know, I did mostly in middle school and high school, I did shows in there. And then I ended up getting hooked up with Native Voices at the Autry, which is a Native American theater company. Mm. And I've been working with them since I was 15. And uh, they've become my second home. And yeah, I love theater. So, um, and I'm sure I'll talk a lot about that today. <laughs> <laughs> Always comes back to theater, no matter. Of course. Because you know, uh, that's, the, it's, I, I'm sure it's more common that, um, you know, we grew up doing, even if it's like the little productions we do in school and then growing up, um, get more involved in theater and, and especially in, in high school when it, you know, the production maybe grows a little bit, but you know, you've never, you never heard like, oh, my, my high school is doing a feature film and you know, like it's <laughs> exactly a, a bit rarer to get involved in the film side of things. So young. So it always comes back to theater, sure. you know, it's always our hundred percent. I completely agree. Of all the guests we've had on the show. Um, I think this will be episode 35 i'm not sure wow that's um, amazing at this point but <laughs> um but you know maybe only like two or three have like maybe never done theater they just started in mm-hmm. film and then yeah. sort of went in from there and i think i saw right did did you interview kabir barry did i see that i did yeah, your... yeah no way i'm friends with him he's on the oh, yeah. mean girls tour he's on the yeah. mean girls tour and my girlfriend's on the mean girls tour Oh really? Um, okay. So yeah, he and I we've we've hung out. Well, you know, pre-COVID, I was I visited them on tour many a time, and uh, he's so cool. He's so talented, yeah. and yeah, such an awesome guy. So yeah, that's yeah, so cool for sure. It's it's really cool. Um, I mean, small world. Like what? <laughs> All the actors, and you happen to know one that I interviewed. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, yes. I mean, similarly uh, to you know how I've reached out with you, it's been a lot of just looking for young actors on Instagram and seeing who wants mm-hmm. to share their stories and, and all that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So um, I wanted to talk a bit about um, when you, cause you know, you sort of were not necessarily thrown, but you jumped into the deep end, maybe very young, <laughs> but yeah. when did you make that decision to like, I want to be a professional actor and do this for a living? Or did you yeah. know that like very early on? You know, I thought I did. I think I thought I knew it early. And, uh, you know, when I was in high school and I was like, yes, you know, I, I played Kanicki in Greece in, in our high school production. And I was like, oh, man, this is it. This is it. I, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. And then I, I was 18 and I didn't get into the schools I wanted. And I uh, decided I wasn't going to go to school for theater or mm-hmm. for acting at all because well, I, I didn't get into the, to the programs I wanted. I didn't get into UCLA, which I really want to go to because that's where my sister went. So um, I, I decided to go to my safety school, Cal State Northridge, and I found out they had an amazing film production program. So I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll try that out. And, and uh, there was definitely a lot of, that's when the doubt started to come in. I was 18 and, you know, starting to get acne on my face and it was... <laughs> it was, it was a really difficult time because I was thinking maybe this is not for me and, and this is all I know. So I, um, I went to school for film production and started to really learn how to write and to direct and, you know, all forms, uh, all the positions behind filmmaking, not just acting. And, uh, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with filmmaking and I, uh, you know, 
and I'm actually still working on my uh, degree because I had to leave for a few years when I worked at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. And we can talk about more of that later. But uh, when I was 18, I, I really started to, to drift away from acting a little bit and get a little bit more confused about the film industry. But that's when theater found me again. And mm-hmm. when I was, um, I was 19, I did this reading of a play that I would do the next year. It's called They Don't Talk Back. I did a reading of it with Native Voices at the Autry. And um, that's the play that that sold me of like, oh no, this is what I have to do. Because it was so emotional. I connected with the characters so much. And um, Frank uh, Kashkatas, amazing uh, Clinket playwright from Alaska, he wrote this beautiful play, his first play ever. Mm-hmm. And we got to put it on uh, at Native Voices and at La Jolla Playhouse just for the reading. And we'd later do the full production at both places as well. And it was so emotional. And I, and I saw the impact that it had on the audience. And, and um, yeah, from then on, I was like, I, I want to do this. I want to really move people. I want to, to create art in this way. And, uh, and, and I just enjoy it in general. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that, I think that's when it was. I was like 19 and I was like, okay, yeah, I can do this. And, and I can do theater, especially. Like I can... I would be happy just doing theater. Um, and, uh, but of course my uh, film and TV pays a lot better. So, <laughs> and I, and I love film and TV as well, yeah. but uh, yeah. Yeah. It's funny hearing uh, so many stories from uh, some other actors, um, you know, that very much started in theater and then ended up finding much larger success in film or television. And then, you know, in between seasons of their show when they're on hiatus, they'll go, <laughs> do a Broadway play for two, three months or something. There's like, I just want to like act again. I'm playing the same character for years and years on this one show. I want to do something a little different. Exactly. That's my dream. I keep saying I've been like, <laughs> I've been manifesting that. Like my dream yeah. is I'm going to be a series regular on a show. And then on my hiatus, I'm going to go to New York and do plays, do musicals. And then we go back and just go back and forth. Because I think that's exactly what I want. I want that balance between between uh, theater and, uh, and film and TV. So, yes. Yeah. Likewise, make that's very much what I wanted. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I want to chat a little bit about um, you were you mentioned the Oregon Shakespeare Festival um, mm-hmm. and how you sort of came into your um, or you started to like um, hone your craft a little bit more um, during your time there. Um, so what was your experience like working um, with that group and in, in all that? Yeah. So um, so before that, I, I was 18 yeah, I was 18 and I, I did a production of Off the Rails by Randy Reinholtz at Native Voices at the Autry where I work. Um, we, we put on a play there and I, it was so much fun. I, I thought that that was it for that play. Uh, fast forward a couple of years to 2017 and um, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival picked up that play to uh, do it at their, at their uh, theater. And so they auditioned the cast and I was lucky enough to get cast and you know, I hadn't really ever heard of Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Yeah. And, and so I did more research and I just fell in love with it. I, I took a trip out there and saw their plays. And I was just like, wow, this is an incredible place. The actors are so talented. It's so diverse. It's the, the town itself is magical. And uh, and yeah, I ended up living there from 2017, May of 2017 till um, end of October of 2019 three three seasons and i hadn't really done much shakespeare but i always was really interested in shakespeare mm-hmm. and uh through my time there i i uh 
you know, took our shake, they, they offered a Shakespeare class and this and that a lot of different um, opportunities to really learn and grow. And, and, and I had a voice teacher there. I had, um, you know, we had almost like dance classes and I was in Oklahoma and mm-hmm. I just felt like I was like, it felt like grad school. I was like, man, this yeah. is so exciting. I'm like, I'm just learning so much and working with some amazing actors, people that have been at that theater longer than I'd been alive, which is bonkers to me. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so, yeah, while I was there, I just, kept working and working and really um, doing shows so often, so many times um, and living in that community. You just, you soak it all up. You learn so much. And uh, by my last season, I got to, I auditioned. Oh, well, for my last season, I played Orlando and as you like it. And um, Mm. that had been a dream of mine since pretty much 2016. So not that long, but I saw as you like it in 2016. And I, I saw that character Orlando and I was like, man, I want to play that guy. Cause that, <laughs> cause Orlando is me. Like he's this hopeless romantic, this guy that, that, you know, he wants to be tough, but he's really sensitive. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, uh, yeah, I fell in love with that play. And then I, I was so lucky to be able to do it and directed by Rosa Josie and, and just with amazing cast and uh, getting to work beside my dear friend and amazing actor, Jessica Coe. Um, I, uh, yeah, it was, it was a dream come true and got to do that show a hundred and I guess 10 times or something like that throughout the season. You just learn so much by saying Mm -hmm. Shakespeare's words that many times and, and that character. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I, I'm just so grateful for that experience. And I think I, well, for one thing, I want to do more Shakespeare because Mm -hmm. it translates so well to theater and film because, there's, it's just, it's so much work. The amount of work that I had to do for that project, I've never done for any other project. Maybe when I played Usnavi and in the Heights, but that was like, <laughs> those two are pretty, but I, but I think Shakespeare was harder because I hadn't really done anything like that before. So yeah, it was a dream come true. Um, and I, I owe a lot of my, uh, a lot of my, a, a lot of my love for the craft I think that's something that might that gets lost on us a little bit, um, especially those in musical theater, because so much of it um, is focused more on the singing and the dancing that mm. sometimes acting tends to take a backseat, especially when it's in the acting in between the songs. When you've got like a violin or a cello playing something sad, it's easy to emote sadness. But when there's nothing yeah. there, <laughs> it's way more difficult. Um, and that's totally. when you're really sort of challenged as an actor. And um, I found that sort of switching from theater, uh, from musical theater, and then just going to straight like plays. Mm-hmm. And, and you're like, oh, I have to act, act. I don't have any help. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. That's so true. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so I wanted to chat about a bit uh, about Shakespeare because um you know throughout history and just looking because so many of the the plays are rather historical it's a bit rarer for BIPOC actors to be cast in those roles um so seeing as you um I just wanted to you know get your thoughts on like what or if that was ever sort of uh, a challenge for you if you ever maybe didn't see yourself even able to do Shakespeare because all of these plays were Scottish or, or it took place in Scotland or England or, mm-hmm. or in areas where maybe BIPOC people wouldn't really be around. Uh, you know what? Like growing up, totally, like 100%. And I, I remember I was in my AP lit class 
in uh, senior year of high school, and I fell in love with the Henry uh, the Henry Fours, and falling in love with Hal, you know, Prince Prince Henry, and uh, uh, you know Henry V. And uh, but through Henry Four Part One, Henry Four Part Two, I was like, man, I want to play Hal. I want to play Hal. But I'm like, but I'm not English, and I don't look English. <laughs> I that would never really happen. But then fast forward to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, the guy that they cast. Um, uh, for Henry four, part one, part two, and Henry five, he played all, he played Hal in all th- three of those. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Daniel, Daniel Molina, amazing actor. And he's not white, you know, like he's, he's Latinx. He's, he's Latino. And, and that was eye opening for me when I saw that, I was like, mm-hmm. man, like, look, this guy can do it and, 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 and kill it at that too. And so um, I think Oregon Shakespeare Festival had really, opened my eyes to what Shakespeare can and should be mm-hmm. um, like looking at our, as you like it, of course, as you like, it's not a history, but um, you know, a lot of sh- productions of, as you like, it can be majority white and, and especially, you know, a lot of theater companies are like that and we're changing, but Oregon Shakespeare festival, like our cast, you know, we had two Asian leads um, and we had, we, we even had non-binary characters. We had, we just had just an incredibly diverse cast racially and, and um, gender and, 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 and everything. It was so beautiful to see our cast. And I loved coming to work every day because one, they're amazing people. And because like we're redefining what the world looks like and what mm. kind of stories we want to tell. And uh, yeah, I was, I really fell in love uh, with that show and then Oregon, Oregon Shakespeare Festival because they taught me that is that's that is part of the beauty of Shakespeare is it doesn't have to be race specific. Like mm-hmm. I can be there and I don't have to be preaching that, Hey, I'm Asian and native American. <laughs> and I've I have a very uh, specific uh, ethnic background. I can just be Orlando and mm-hmm. we don't have to really talk about that. Right. And uh, yeah. And it, it I, and I love that. I love that about it. And, and even, even in our show, like we had brothers and sisters and parents of people who are not the same race because we're like, I believe our audiences are smart enough to understand that they can be sisters and they can be cousins and they can be mother daughter because you know there's adoption, there's this, there's other ways, mm-hmm. there's mixed race kids, there there are other ways of what families look like, and I and I uh, I really really uh, applaud Oregon Shakespeare Festival for uh, creating that project. That's beautiful. Um, I hope that other, you know, companies take note that, um, <laughs> me too, me too. especially with, with so much of Shakespeare is often modernized. Um, I, I feel like it's very rare that you see, um, a Shakespearean play, um, actually produced in like the time that it took place or was written. Mm-hmm. And right. A lot of times it's like, they go in this whole other style. Like I've seen yeah. a production in Midsummer that takes place in like the fifties and there's like, yeah and the girls have their pet the poodle skirts and all that and um mm-hmm. you know we see that all the time so it's like well why not reflect also the diversity of that mm-hmm. era or of that day exactly um, and you know it opens up the the doors to so many people who again maybe felt like they couldn't um even fathom doing Shakespeare because I mean that's what it was like for me literally until this past summer <laughs> uh <laughs> there was a, a course I took at Stella Adler called um I too speak in color and it was specifically Mm. for um, BIPOC actors to take a course so that they can sort of um, 
eliminate the typical Eurocentric lens to Shakespeare. Mm. And yes. for us to sort of embrace the idea of like, oh, I can do this too. I can, um, you know, a black woman can play Lady M, uh, an yes. Asian man can play uh, Romeo or, you know, any, mm-hmm. you know, anyone can play these roles because especially again, when you modernize it, anybody can be in the cast, especially. Right, exactly. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And, I, and sometimes, you know, when we were there, we had a, a lot of different people who were always asking, like, why, why continue saying these words of this 500 year old white guy? Like, what's the, why are we really continuing this? And it's, well, because the themes are beautiful. And also, you know, he didn't write thinking, you know, he, he wrote for what he knew. And, and of course, we can translate to that to what we have today. And, um, and, and, and I think it's because the themes are universal. And, and then once we realize and how universal those themes are and how they translate into every different culture and every, you know, and, and I think that's one of the most beautiful things about Shakespeare is you can see a production of, you know, comedy of errors in this, in, in one realm, five years later, they're going to do it again in a different realm. And mm-hmm. it feels like a completely different story. It's the same words, but you're just telling almost there's more weight because, Hey, maybe it takes place in Mexico in, you know, in the 1960s or, or, or it takes place in, you know, wherever. And I think there's so much more weight and, 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 and we can actually tell those stories through in a specific way, actually a little side note, uh, off the rails, what I did, uh, back in 2017 at Oregon Shakespeare festival was an adaptation of measure for measure. And it was about the Indian boarding schools through the mm. late 1800s, early 1900s, and and one the Indian boarding schools is a is a uh, history that a lot of Americans don't even know because mm. uh, schools don't teach that. And so I love being part of this project because one, people learn something about it. Two, we use Shakespeare's words, and so we're translating that language and showing it how universal the those characters are and. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I, I, I was so proud to be part of that project. And uh, yeah, and I think it, it, there, there was such power to being able to translate those words into different cultures and stories. Amazing. Um, has, looking back, has there been anything that you know now, whether it's about acting or the industry or the dreaded business side of the industry that you <laughs> wish you knew a bit earlier? Yeah, I was thinking about this question. I think, yeah, <laughs> you know, I wanted to say theater. I wanted to say like stay in theater and do theater. Yeah. Um, I think a biggest thing also for me is like just continue learning because you're never, you never, mm. there, there's no finish line. There's no, even looking at these amazing actors, um, like there, there's never like a, okay, cool. I reached this A-list and I'm good. I, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Like, I think the best actors and the best people at anything are constantly learning, constantly um, wanting to Im- improve and hone their craft. And I think that's huge because, you know, when we're all 18, we, we think we're, we're the greatest or we think yeah. we're amazing. We think we're, we're, we're set, you know, especially um, at, that, at that young age, we just think we're so, uh, we're so hot, you know? And uh I think that's another thing I love about the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. It humbled me very quickly. Mm. I showed up there and I was like, well, these people are incredibly talented. I need to step up my game. And so, uh, and I was, 
And I think that's a huge one. It's, it's every time you just, there's always more to learn. There's always more to learn. And I think even in the acting world or even in the cart art of acting, there's so many different types. There's only, mm-hmm. you know, you can even in specifically like comedy, you got improv, you, you can do comedia, you can do, um, you know, mime work and stuff like that. Like, I think the more that actors can actually see how that helps you can be such an amazing actor, like Jim Carrey. I love Jim Carrey because <laughs> I feel like he's so trained in so many different um, aspects of, uh, of 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 the art of acting, and uh, and I think that's something I get annoyed with with the film and TV industry is a lot of these actors are just it's very specific. I'm just going to do this type, mm. and I'm I'm yeah. set. I'm done. I think there's a lot more. Yeah, the industry has a tendency to pigeonhole us a lot um, mm-hmm. into specific types you know we talk about um you know what like our character types are and typecasting and mm-hmm. all of that and uh yeah a lot of times actors tend to just stick to the same thing and there's no shame in that but it's it's a bit mm-hmm. more frustrating when it's the industry doing that and not the actor making that true. decision for themselves that's a good point that's a good point um, true but um yeah and it's uh, just going back a little bit there was um i think it was amy adams who mm-hmm. had said that she went to uh, an acting workshop in LA somewhere. This was a couple years ago. Um, and some of the students thought like, oh my gosh, she's like a guest speaker at our class today. But she's like, nope, I'm just here to, you know, brush up because That's so once cool. you get to certain status, you're not necessarily auditioning for those roles mm-hmm. anymore. It's just offers. So it's like, nope, got to keep the tools sharp and, you know, just stay on your feet and, and all that. And um, I love that in your uh when I had asked you like what sort of um, titles you wanted me to include for yourself, you wrote eternal student. And I was like, mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I definitely stole that off of a, a friend, uh, Allison. I want to say Smith. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, Allison. Um, <laughs> because I love learning. I love learning new things. Mm-hmm. I love being bad at things because mm-hmm. that means I'm getting better. So I started taking ballet two years ago, three years ago, I think. And I took it for about a year and a half. I was so bad. I was so bad. And, and it's, it's hard when you're in a class and everyone's like better. Like my girlfriend is a trained ballet dancer and, you know, we'd be in class together and I'm like, Oh, this is so awful. But, (laughs) but you can feel when you get better, it feels so good. It feels and learning new things. And I started learning how to skateboard this year during the Mm. pandemic and juggling and things like that. It's it. um, I don't know. I, I think learning is it's invaluable it's so incredible and i uh yeah i recommend that especially for actors because we have to learn things like that if they're like hey Mm. can you ride a horse and you're like yeah and then you gotta go learn how to ride a horse (laughs) you know um so yeah i think that's a good skill get good at learning yeah uh you know there's no way to to you know you can't get up if you don't fall down and you can't you know, sure. just it's a little frustrating um, hearing some young actors. And I'm a bit active in like the Reddit community and the the acting subreddit. And um, some actors think like, you know, like I'm trained. I know my I know my shit. I have my BFA <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I've, OK, anything else out of college? Like it's, you know, they'll be like three years out of school and, and are frustrated. They can't get a rep, but they have done like no training outside of outside of you know your initial degree and there's still so much to learn like so um much. i took advantage of, of all the time that we had during the pandemic and 
took classes on audition technique and self-tape techniques, knowing that self-taping was Mm going to be sort of the new normal for the foreseeable future. Um, uh, And I mean, I was right. All of my auditions in the past six months have been just straight self-tapes. Yep. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, anyone listening, we're always, always ABL, always be learning. Always be, oh, I like that. Always be learning. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Was there anything that was sort of like an eye-opening experience for you, um, whether it was on set or um, on stage or in rehearsals for something? Maybe, maybe not necessarily a mind-blowing experience, but just a moment that you had sort of like a little enlightenment. Well, yeah, I think I can talk about it. I uh, I just worked on a pilot called Ghosts for CBS. I can't mm-hmm. talk too much about it, but... What I can say is I worked with some, yeah, I worked with some incredible improv actors, like just incredibly talented improv actors that they were just, you know, spitting out things, different lines every time. And, 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 and I saw at the confidence that they had with, with not being afraid to be like, Hey, can I try this line? Cool. Thanks. You know, I think that's, Mm. I think that is a major thing. Um, with being on set and even, you know, for anywhere in, 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 in when, when you're acting is, is not being afraid to make those choices and to just try them. Cause it's like what you said, like you might fall on your face. They might be mm-hmm. like, Ooh, that's, that's not funny. Or they could be like, that was hilarious. We're keeping that, you know, right. like, and sometimes when you're that character, like you might know best because you really are diving into that character. You, I feel like my character would say this, or my, my character would say this um, and, and really committing and really committing and not being afraid to commit. And that happened on that set when I was watching some of those actors, just freaking veterans and mm-hmm. especially in the improv world. And um, yeah, like it's just some hilarious one-liners and, you know, they would just keep the camera rolling, you know, the scene would be done. And yeah. then we just go on for another minute with them going boom, 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 <laughs> boom, 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 boom. I'm just like watching them go. And I'm like, I want to come up with something funny too. How are they so good? <laughs> Um, but it, it really, I'm sure it stems from committing and, and, and to not being afraid and to, uh, and to just, just, just go with it. And, um, and I think that is one of the biggest parts about booking jobs and with acting in general is, is just being confident in the room. Because at the end of the day, I think most of the people out there have the talent to work, Hmm. but it's like, it's, it's like playing basketball and, 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 and shooting, you know, making threes when no one's in, when no one's in the gym versus can you make threes when there's a whole crowd and there's like two seconds on the line. Like that's what I almost equate to auditioning and, 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 and especially being on set is you got to make sure that you know how to calm yourself down Cause the jitters come, man. Like when you, mm-hmm. when you got those two Ari Alexis point at your face and you got whole crew and 
you know, especially when the TV moves fast, you know, you'll maybe get three takes if you're lucky, especially for some of your lines. And so you got to make them count. And so how do you calm yourself down and, and feel confident in yourself? You really have to center yourself. And it's, it's so much about, cause I, you know, this year I got into so much like self-care stuff. It's been Mm -hmm. the pandemic and all that. And so much of, of my, life this year has, has been dedicated to meditation and yoga and that has been saved that saved me on set because i was getting kind of nervous i hadn't been on set for a year because mm. of uh covid and i was getting nervous and then uh but uh, yeah i calmed myself down i saw it how comfortable everybody was there's such a kind and awesome cast fingers crossed it gets picked up uh, <laughs> and uh yeah i think that's that's a big one that's that was a uh, amazing opportunity an amazing experience for sure yeah, it's um. I had a. I was back on set a few about a few weeks ago. At this point, I don't. Time is not real anymore. We learned that <laughs> in twenty twenty. Sure. Um, but <laughs> uh, but it was for the first time in over a year because last I worked was November of twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. and then um was back on set a few weeks ago, and it was. Um, very much using all of the self-care stuff that I learned <laughs> to just, you know, relax and and um, calm myself down and turn those jitters into excitement and all of that stuff. Because in 2020, we all learned how horrible we were at self-care yep. and learned yep. all of these different ways to, like, like so many people got into um into meditation and into mm-hmm. yoga and um even bread baking is like someone's form of like therapy <laughs> and so many people learn how to bake that's so uh, true and even like uh visual arts a lot of people got into like um you know painting as sort of like a, a type of therapy and um i think uh there was a, a past guest uh claire lyon she was in the world tour of phantom of the opera and cool. she said that during uh, it was like the only show playing on the in the planet at one point because it was they were they had gotten their shit together in South Korea mm-hmm. and were able to still put on the show. Um, she was saying that you know a lot of actors that she knew during the pandemic were having a little bit of like an identity crisis because they weren't able to work and do their art. They were thinking like, what else? Like, what what am I if I'm not an actor? I don't know what to do. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know if this is the right move for me. And she was, um, you know, she shared with listeners that um, it's very important to have interests and hobbies outside of acting. Otherwise, if you make it your entire identity, you're going to drive yourself crazy when you're not allowed to do it. Someone's not paying you to do it. (laughs) Snaps, snaps over here, snaps over here. Oh my goodness. That is huge. And I hope, you know, I grew up, you know, just doing that. Most of my life was acting in soccer. Mm. I was a huge soccer player and I was like, I'm either going to be a professional actor or a professional soccer player. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, I was 15, 16. I was playing for two teams and my high school and my club team. And I was like, you know what? This is so taxing on my body. Acting is not as taxing. I'm going to do acting, but I didn't have hobbies growing up. Mm. And I started dating um, uh, my girlfriend Sydney a, co- uh, a few years ago, a few years ago, and she has all these hobbies. You know, she's super outdoorsy, rock mm-hmm. climbing, and and uh, paddle boarding, and all these like outdoor activities. And I'm just like, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. Like, <laughs> I barely even own a bike. Like, and and, and and I think 
That is so key because I, I was actually living up in Oregon for most of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and shout out to Sydney's family who really helped us, her aunt, uncle, and her, her parents, because um, for one, Oregon is an awesome place to be during a pandemic because there's so much outdoors stuff. You can really get out into nature. And, um, and, and so, yeah, it really opened me up to the things that really matter in life and, and how, yeah, you cannot be defined as just an actor because you will go crazy you will absolutely go crazy. You'll start just basing your life on your successes and your failures versus you have to really focus on what makes you happy and, and your dedication to, to your art and your dedication to yourself. And I think that is definitely what this year has, has taught us is there's so much more than our career, yeah. so much more than our career. There's, there's, there's life and there's family, there's quality time, there's quality time with yourself. There's uh, all this. And, um, and, you know, we're trying to find those silver linings uh, from the pandemic. And I think that's definitely one of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't have had the pandemic not happen, not to look at something that's been rather tragic and, mm-hmm. you know, be like, well, look at the bright side of it. Um, totally. Because I, I unfortunately did lose um, someone oh. to the to the disease. But um, I'm so sorry to hear you that. Know, it, it, um, thank you. Um, but the, you know, the show wouldn't exist had the pandemic not happened because I was going through mm-hmm. some severe burnout. Mm-hmm. before the pandemic just working and working my part-time job make sure bills get paid in between gigs and um the last thing i would have energy for is to not just schedule people but then also do hour-long interviews and then edit and then do the all of that stuff so i started the the podcast during the pandemic because i finally had time and uh lord knows every actor during the pandemic was just eager to talk about acting with someone (laughs) totally totally no this is great i think it's just so important because it's like going back to the learning aspect of Mm. this is is we have so much to learn from 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 everyone you know and everyone has so many different experiences and uh i love i love interviews i love doing interviews i love uh uh you know giving interviews because i just i as we were saying i love learning about people i love learning about Mm. their experiences because everyone's so unique yeah. And I love watching. But thank you for um, doing this. Yeah, of course. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> um, I, Cause you know, no, no two actors paths are alike. Literally you could have, you know, two twin brothers tackle the industry the same way and they're not going to have the same um, end result. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the example just came into my head. There's um two actors, Charlie and Max Carver. They were twin actors and they were in Teen Wolf. They played like, mm-hmm. I think they were like one person, but they could like split or something like that i didn't really watch Teen Wolf, um but uh yeah they ended up having two very different careers one of them went to do one tv show one went to go do a broadway play he was recently in boys in the band i think oh cool oh my gosh that production um no, am i i think i had a f- friend was in that i don't know i think i don't know <laughs> there's so many there's so many musicals um but um but yeah you know like uh like i said before no two actor paths are alike and it's always fascinating to hear how different people got started in the industry some people you know quit their nine to five at like 30 and just were like no I'm gonna reignite my passion for acting other people um like you were like child actors and you started super early and um some people that I've interviewed didn't even go to school for acting they went for like communications or mm-hmm mechanical engineering and then you know (laughs) just wanted to do their college shows um and i love watching series like um i think it's variety does actors on actors Mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually during award season. You'll have like yeah, yeah. Willem Dafoe talking with, uh, you know, Robert Pattinson or something like just two completely different um, actors talking about their work and their experiences. And I always love getting to to really like sort of dive deep into people's experiences and whatnot. For sure. Yeah. And actually, you know, you were on the nose with the 30, uh, when you hit 30 and you change your life. That's what my dad did. He was a lawyer for his whole life. Oh, really? And, but yeah, he was a lawyer his whole life. He went to Berkeley, uh, Bolt for law school and he, um, started a family with my mom and they, he just hated it. He was suppressed mm-hmm. and he, um, and, and, and his whole life, he always thought about being an actor. His dad, I never met my grandfather. I'm actually, uh, named after him, but, uh, my grandfather was supposedly like this, this such a clown, like always cracking jokes. And my dad is the same way, always cracking jokes. Mm-hmm. So, so funny. And so then he was 30 years old and he was like, you know what? I'm, I want to pursue acting. And, uh, and boom, right away, he was in the Scottish play on Broadway with, uh, with Christopher Plummer and Glenda Jackson. He was in the ensemble. And, and since then he's been, uh, working and, and he's, he's, he's acting, still acting he was on he was on stumptown as well he was on stumptown oh, really? <laughs> so that was the first time we ever got to work together we never worked together um and uh so you guys were on cool. the show together we were yeah we had an episode together oh that's so cool <laughs> it was it was wild it was it was so funny it's the first time i, I ever worked that. with my dad first time yeah. i ever worked with my dad professionally um uh and uh yeah it was it was a f- super fun experience got to work with one of my uh uh crushes growing up uh kobe smolders and uh, so, <laughs> so uh yeah definitely uh amazing experience but my dad look at my dad and 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 my experience like very different mm. and um but i'm so grateful for everything my dad has gone through because of that i i've gone gotten to go into it early and and um uh, and yeah i'm just so grateful for for all all, all he's done for me that's so cool. That's wonderful. That's really cool to hear. Um, you know, I, I got to do a commercial with my dad, but because they were looking for actual father son pairings. <laughs> oh, cool. Nice. So I was like, uh, Hey dad, want to do this zoom audition? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It was several years ago, but it was like a father's day spot for, um, for sprint. Oh, um, nice. Um, but yeah. And you know, that's when he was like, he was a little less worried about me making a living as an actor. He's like, Oh, you guys get paid pretty well for a day of work, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> like, yeah, it's not like, bad. Well, that's commercials. All right, dad. Like, right, that's, exactly. not, that's not everything. <laughs> commercials are the dream. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Those are the ones you want in between <laughs> all the other exactly. games. Exactly. Exactly. Keep exactly. the lights on. <laughs> um, uh, so just, uh, we're getting a little bit close to the, to the end of our time, but um, one thing that, so I'll give you the option. We can either talk about imposter syndrome or audition anxiety. Because you, you touched about both of those in your, or quickly both. Let's just do quickly both because those are huge. Because <laughs> um, imposter syndrome, you know, for me, being someone who's mixed race, in that respect of imposter syndrome, I'm constantly feeling like an imposter. And like, you know, I'm Native American, but I'm not enrolled in, um, in a nation. So I'm constantly feeling like I am you know, not, but, but yet I, we have stories with my great grandmother. She was in, she was adopted from her parents and sent to a day school in Indian day school um, in the early uh, 20th century. And, you know, there's so many stories like that. And then also I, I'm, I'm Asian on my mom's side. She's uh, born in Japan and um, her parents are from Formosa, which is now Taiwan. And, and even, even when I was 12 years old, I went out for heroes and I, um, I, I was on a, 
I was on hold, uh, I was pinned for uh, to play young Ando, mm. which was like Hiro Nakamura's like friend. Mm. And I was, and they loved me. It was awesome. But they even told my, my agency managers, we loved him. He was perfect, but right. he just didn't look Asian enough to play young Ando. And I was like a 12 year old hearing that is, it was, it was really difficult for me because I was like, but I am Asian. Like people tease me all the time for being Asian. Like, wait, so I can be teased yeah. and people say racist things to me in school, but yet when a it comes network to executives, yeah, they don't think I'm Asian. I'm like, it was, it was pretty devastating. And um, yeah. so constantly feeling like an imposter in, 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 in that regard uh, with, with, with race and, and, and feeling just confused as to where I belong because you know, when they say, um, check one box, like what, yeah. like, how do I check one box? I'm not one box. I, if you want me to check one box, I'll check other. Cause I am right. not just one thing. And, uh, and so, uh, in, in that respect, I constantly feel like an imposter, but I think one of the biggest things for me is really owning who I am. And mm-hmm. so that's why I do like playing, um, native characters because I can, I can tell those stories and, 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 and I've done a lot of research and we're, we're doing, uh, my sister and I are really getting more, uh, in, in, involved and in, in talking to the Akuma Otham reservation, Gila river. And, and of course I haven't done as much, my sister's doing more, but really trying to develop that relationship to just start the conversation and say, Hey, like, you know, there is a lot of deep, crazy history here and we are disconnected because the U S government did all this stuff. And we want to just start talking because it's, it's, it's complicated, especially in the uh, Indian country. It's complicated. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, and I get why people, why they are, uh, you know, getting mad when people are saying they're native American and they're not native American because yeah, I'd be pissed too. But uh, so definitely in that regard, I feel like an imposter all the time, but definitely, trying to remember who I am and uh, hopefully one day I get to play a character that uh, is more me and I can play a mixed race character that is mm. Asian Native American and Mexican. So, um, so I guess, yeah, that's, that's the imposter stuff uh, that I feel and, and shout out to all my mixed race peeps out there. I feel you. Um, but uh, yeah, I heard, I, mean, I heard a technically yeah. like mixed, both my parents are from the same country, but have very different heritages. My, um, dad has a European background. His whole family is pale with green eyes. And my mom mm. is more indigenous. So they're a bit more darker skinned uh, with the jet black hair and the brown eyes, you know? Yeah. So um, I also have not really, I've never uh, explicitly been cast as a uh, Latino, despite being the child of immigrants from El Salvador. Wow. Um, I've been cast as a hipster, as the techie, as all of these <laughs> other things that aren't necessarily descript. Uh, but for sure. Um, I've gotten auditions for immigrants and never got past the particular stage because I don't, I probably don't look like the typical face of an immigrant from Mexico or from Central America or from wherever. And um, it's a little frustrating because it's like, I absolutely can tell the story that my Mm -hmm. dad and all of my aunts and uncles have told me. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, just again, sometimes the industry overall can be a little narrow-minded and a little too fixated on on appearance based on whether what they're exposed to or is it what they think uh because it's based on stereotypes or anything like that and um 100 yeah. yeah you have to ask who's writing the stories and i think that's right. what's changing and that's what's right. changing which is exciting i really think and who's at the know, top you're right you and, have and, and, that's executives huge. they can 
Mm-hmm. Like, no, they they look. I grew up with you know Hispanics looking just like that, or you know exactly, exactly, yeah. totally. Um, and then within audition anxiety, I, I think the biggest thing is repetition. You know, I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing, and and not going into a project and thinking, this is it. I you know this is it. This is my big break. Blah blah blah. Because yeah. what I would say is, there's always so many hoops to jump through you you go to, you get the audition getting the audition is just the first step and that's awesome then you mm-hmm. audition and that's a, and that's really terrifying but if you can get through that and realize that that's just one step and 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 you kind of have control but you also don't and you have to release all that all that control and just go in there and do your work do your best because let's say you book it and then it gets scrapped you don't even get to shoot it and then you shoot it and then the thing doesn't get picked up so you don't even get to see it well, then it gets picked up and then, and then it gets canceled after two episodes. So there's always something. And I think putting so much pressure on auditions is, 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 is a huge issue. And, uh, you know, my dad raised me with, I think the words of uh, his acting coach, Tim Phillips is, uh, um, was it do your best and forget the rest because Mm. that's all it's about because you go in there, you do, you do your thing and, and then leave and forget about it. And, and also the other wise words of Ted Lasso in the new Apple TV show is mm-hmm. be a goldfish, be a goldfish. <laughs> Just forget about it. Like goldfish have uh, eight second memories. Is that what it is? So, just forget about it. And then, it, and then if you get a call back, Oh, cool. I forgot about that audition. Awesome. You know, like it's just a cherry on top. So, yeah. My, yeah. my big piece of advice for anyone, you know, uh, about auditioning is, um, you know, like you mentioned, you know, being like a professional auditioner. And I think that that's like one of the most important things because you're going to be auditioning way more than we're going to be on set. Unfortunately, that's just yep. the reality because we're going to mm-hmm. go through a hundred no's before we get that one. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things to remember is to just try not to, no matter how good the role is, you know, just try not to set those expectations for yourself because, you know, auditioning is our job as, as yeah. actors. It's, and then, um, I forget who said it. I feel like I've, I've heard a hundred different people say it, but it's like auditioning is yeah. a job and the, the booking is a vacation. Ooh, you just I love play, that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, that's like the fun stuff when you really get mm-hmm. to like in, enjoy what you're doing. Cause auditioning can be exhausting, you know, especially with the self tape, you got to put your lights up and your backdrop oh, and my gosh. <laughs> then you got to edit, send oh, it in. Gosh. Yeah. It's this whole thing. It's not as simple as it used to be just to show up to the audition room do your take get your redirect all right thank you have a good day <laughs> yeah you don't gotta worry I, about it's so true and even uh, for me like that's why self-taping i like self-taping but also i hate self-taping because i will just keep going like there was one audition i was so excited for mm-hmm. it's an exciting director and this and this and i shot it three different days because and it was mm-hmm. only like two scenes like it was not that much <laughs> and i shot it three different days and uh and I'm like, this is the problem with self-taping is it's, yeah. and also the beauty of self-taping true, but it's, there's pros and cons to both. And you can drive yourself insane by the amount of times you go back and forth. So yeah, yeah I definitely hear that. I, I, I do miss going in there, which is actually interesting for ghosts. The pilot I shot for CBS, mm-hmm. that was all through zoom. I did a uh, mm. zoom auditions for that. Um, and I was so grateful for that because I had paragraphs, paragraphs. And so what I did is I just put my script right on the top and then I had (laughs) zoom on the bottom. I was pretty much just like kind of reading. Yeah. Um, And 
you know, it's always the ones where they're so fast and, and I, had, I didn't even think anything of it. Went in there, did them a thing, got a call back. I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And uh, <laughs> before I knew it, I was like, oh, okay. You want me to come down? Cool. So you just never know. You really never yeah. know. Yeah. Um, like the, the booking I mentioned before, it was just another random co-star audition that my manager got me. I submitted mm-hmm. my tape and they're like, Hey, we're, uh, you know, I forwarded a message from casting. It's like, Hey, we're going to send them over to, mm-hmm. you know, whoever, and then got to go to network approval. All right. They're booked. And I was like, cool. I did not <laughs> put any, uh, exorbitant amount of effort into this audition mm-hmm. compared to every other one that I did. Cause it's a, yep two-line co-star uh ended up booking it and it was great it was fun and you know it was nice to be on set again um yeah a little jarring having to get three COVID tests prior to working and it's crazy awaiting your results if it comes up positive it's like Mm -hmm. oh god i know now there's that second choice (laughs) exactly that there's that added hoop now it's like oh shoot Uh, if you get one negative of one positive then you can't work so you know crazy crazy world we live in but uh yeah yeah Oh boy. Well, <laughs> hopefully with, uh, you know, mass vaccinations around the corner, things get a little, a little bit more stable. Um, for sure. For sure. But, uh, before we wrap up, uh, I like to end with a rapid fire round. So we're going to just throw some questions at you. Let's do see it. How many we can get through, uh, All right. starting with coffee or tea, tea, TV or film TV screen acting or stage acting, stage acting hero or villain hero who is your dream co-star um oh my god i was about to say someone but he passed away um the dream gosh could it be Uh, them still live or dead live or dead oh man i was gonna say chadwick boseman i think he's Mm. so giving such a giving and beautiful soul rest in peace yeah uh do you have a secret talent (laughs) do i i don't know I uh, play guitar. I play ukulele. I don't know. Um, <laughs> see, this goes back to the thing. I don't have hobbies, man. I don't have hobbies. Uh, <laughs> secret talent. I don't know. Come back to me on that one. <laughs> oh, uh, actually, what's... here, here, here's a good one. I'm really good yeah. at folding. I'm amazing at folding clothes <laughs> and, and like packing my like car. Speed folding? Not, not even speed folding. Just like precision Marie Kondo mm. folding. <laughs> like my girlfriend even complimented me the other day. She's like, whoa. You're like really good at folding. I was like, open the you. drawers, just looks pristine. Just yep, exactly. <laughs> Not right now. Don't look at my clothes right now, but uh, <laughs> usually. Uh, what's the worst side job you've had? Um, I worked at the LA Auto Show as a, a greeter, and uh, and I was a helpful Honda person. But I all I did was all I did was show people uh, which cars to go see and where the bathrooms were. So <laughs> a lot of standing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what TV show would you like to guest star on? Oh, um, oh, um, Ted Lasso. Easy. Mm. Boom. Uh, what's your most recent binge watch? If not Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, Queen's Gambit. Um, Mm. now back on Cobra Kai season three. There's so many, Jesus, so many. Uh, what is your favorite accent to do? And can we hear it? (laughs) um okay accents well okay for one thing i uh i love doing voices so i do a good stitch voice i do a really mm. good stitch like from Lulu and stitch but if that's not really an accent i could do that one too but uh an accent 
um i do a pretty it's i feel like it's sometimes racist but i'm japanese but so i I do like doing a a nice like samurai japanese accent i feel like all the accents i do are like borderline racist but i guess i am the culture so it's my race so is that okay (laughs) uh yeah sure should should, should i do the japanese one or stitch uh whichever okay well i'll do stitch first okay 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 this this my family i found them (laughs) all on my own ohana means family (laughs) i love stitch that was so spot on oh my god Uh, this is my stitch right here oh i have a yoda stitch around here somewhere no way green stitch with the lightsaber it's from disney world (laughs) that's legit now he just looks like baby yoda that's but, true uh, there you go <laughs> or grogu um oh grogu that's right Alrighty. <laughs> uh who was your childhood celebrity crush i guess yeah Col- kobe smolders for sure mm. i'm just gonna stick with kobe smolders because if she hears this no i love her <laughs> she's so she's super cool uh yeah when when we're, we're at the rap party for some town she was so awesome and on set she's super cool we we're singing legally mm-hmm. blonde on set like she is <laughs> so awesome uh, who is the person that you'd trade places with for a day? Oh, these are wrong questions. That's not rapid fire question. Um, <laughs> I gotta stop calling it rapid fire. So I added a lot of new questions. So <laughs> no, these, these are, are great. These are really a little great. more extensive. Make, makes makes you think. Um, oh, oh my god! I don't know. Harry Styles. I feel like he's like super in. Mm. I, I feel like I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to be him right now though. I don't know if I want to be a famous person. <laughs> I guess it's just for a day, right? I yeah. don't know. Or maybe someone like, uh, um, oh, gosh, I don't know. Man, The Rock. How about The Rock? That'd be pretty good cool. Choice. That's a good one. Actually, yeah, that's good. I'll take my answer. <laughs> uh, when were you the most starstruck? Oh, I met Selena Gomez. I listen Selena Gomez and we have paparazzi photos. We have paparazzi photos together. It's pretty legit. If you ever want to look it up, look up Selena Gomez, like yoga something. And I met her outside and we have some adorable paparazzi photos together. That's funny. <laughs> uh, if you weren't an actor, what would you be? Like not in the entertainment industry at all? Like not even like filmmaker? Yeah. Not at all. Completely out. Hmm. Maybe like a firefighter. I wanted to be a firefighter huh. growing up nice yeah yeah we've had some people be like oh, i'd be like a comedy writer i'm like that no that's no that's answer <laughs> exactly total cop out uh what role did you have the most fun playing uh in tv uh at all. or tv at all um i'm gonna say usnavi in in the heights that was mm. a, a, a dream that was awesome and lastly, in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young performer? Here we go. You got you to count them. Um, let's see. Never stop learning. And always enjoy the ride. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. Thank you so much, Juan. I really appreciate it. Of course. Uh, where can people find you on, uh, on social media? Yeah, so um, <laughs> totally. Yeah, check out my Instagram, <laughs> Roman Zaragoza, Zaragoza with a Z, two Zs. So uh, Instagram, that's pro- that's primarily where I am. So yeah, come awesome. DM me. Let's talk. I love it. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. 
Of course. Uh, and you can all follow us at Actors with Issues on Instagram. Follow me at Juaniala Official. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Anchor, for supporting the show. Head over to anchor.fm to get started on your very own podcast, 100% free. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review wherever you're listening, and catch new episodes every Friday. I'm Juan Ayala, and we'll see you next week.